Congrats, Carl. Thanks for the free tickets to the Ogden on uh, Saturday. I barely know you, and I think it's fucking sick that when I ask for free tickets on Instagram, you just put my name on the list, no problem. You're a legend, bro. Great show. Hey, Schwartz. You know, we sold a great amount of tickets, and it's a win, especially in the Delta indoors. That said, when I was talking to Bo, I learned that you had 150 guests. And I had to bite my tongue all night long not to ruin your your vibe, but that's completely and wholly unacceptable. You know, hometown show, you want to have 50 guests, that's fine, or 51 if your mom comes. But 150 guests for a 1,600-cap room is absolutely unacceptable. And it's like, it's just like, you'll ask me, how are we doing, how are we doing, how are the counts, how are the counts, and the counts would be fucking better if you weren't giving the tickets away. So... Please, Andy, there's just certain things. It's a business, and and we need to earn income, and you need income. Giving away tickets means you're not getting income. So I don't really understand the thinking, but in the future, please stick to the allotted uh, comp ticket capacity and, and, and not go over it unless it's for a really good reason, like your mom wants to come. I'm serious. 150 tickets, that's ridiculous. Why don't you just go out and hand them out in the park? <laughs> and we're back. Andy Frasco's World Saving Podcast. I'm Andy Frasco. Hey. And I'm with Nick Gerlach. I'm also Andy Frasco. I should just say Andy Frasco's World Saving Podcast featuring Nick Gerlach. Did you know that was my nickname for a while when I first moved to Denver? Really? Yeah, because it's actually from the Floozies. And then it turned into Young Feech or Feech. Because when I first moved here, it's kind of still like that. But the only thing I ever did would like sit in with bands that already, yeah. And so it'd be like blah 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 featuring Nick Gerlach on the poster. So I, just, <laughs> so I was like, I, it sounded like a rapper kind of. We like, got a big show tonight, yep. Melissa Etheridge. Anyway, what my Harder. nickname became featuring Nick Gerlach. It started with the Floozies. Oh, I'm sorry that I didn't give you enough attention before Jesus I talked about it. Melissa Etheridge is on the show today. Are you saying that she's more famous than me? Yes, I'm saying that well, she is. How you doing, Nick? Great. Actually. How was your time off from the band? Oh, good. It's fine. What'd you do? Last week, I did a lot of watching television. I played a lot of PlayStation. I started talking about that Squid Game last week. You like it? I've watched two episodes. I do like it, yeah. It's very heavy. That's why I like I like the concept. Some people say it's like preparing us for something. No, I think it's just a TV show, people. <laughs> God, everything is some... Let's go. Everything isn't some weird mystery. Why does everyone... Because they're bored. I know. First of all, almost every conspiracy theory is wrong, okay? Here's why. Because <laughs> it's math, okay? Have you ever met a human being in your life? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever met one that can shut the fuck up about anything? <laughs> no. And here's the thing. These government conspiracies require hundreds of people to pull off. You really think they can keep 400 people from keeping a secret? To keep a secret? It just sucks out there. It has nothing to do. It's not a conspiracy. It's not a mystery. It's not an 80s action movie. It's just boring and bad shit happens sometimes. Wow, you are on fire today, baby. Well, just a thought I've been what about What about talking about, like, you know, like cult leaders? What if, like, mm. conspiracy, like, that's one of your blog segments for your website? That is a cult, isn't it? Maybe I'll do that one this week. I might do it when I get home today. I just want to share links to my weird cult blog. <laughs> Oh, did you love having a day off of social media? Yeah, I actually didn't 
notice until people told me I was like five hours in. I don't. I I guess I haven't bullshit. Been getting on, I didn't. Always, I didn't. You're always on Instagram. It seems like I'm on Facebook and Instagram more than I am. I'm just so interesting that when I post, everyone sees and remembers it. <laughs> And because everything I say is so valuable and hilarious. And that's the problem. It's hard being this interesting oh. and intelligent. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So far, we've talked about me a lot today. No, I feel like you're, you're popping now. I'm doing great. I've been doing great for a while now. Oh, uh, you like my new tattoo? It's fine. It's the flowers and mushrooms. What? Why? Oh, it's mushrooms. <laughs> it's the Laker color flowers. Drew that? My buddy Nick, or my buddy Chris. It's cool. I mean, it's, it's cool. better than a lot of your other tattoos. <laughs> Do you, what, what do you, what's your take on tattoos? I don't, I'm fine with them. I don't have any, but I mean, I Did don't. Did you get a tattoo? Sure. I don't know. I've never thought about it. No? I'm not against them. Are you? Um, My girlfriend has a few, five or six. Really? Yeah. Are they hot? Yeah, they're on her. She's hot. How is she doing? I heard, She's How's great. she doing with the dog dying? Yeah, every day gets a little better, but it's tough, you know? How is, but this is your first week She's a dog person, you yeah. know? It's her life. Why, so why don't you just get a new dog? We have another dog. We have Kino. So that we, dog's old as fuck, too. Yeah, don't. Because you don't just replace your dog a week later. It's not a goddamn Mazda Miata. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain this to you. It's because I'm Tell sure at some me. point. I need to learn. Well, she volunteers feelings. at this shelter. That's where we got our other dog, Kino. You met Kino. Mm -hmm. She picked you up from the airport one time, remember? Oh, yeah, love. She's a bad bitch. She's okay. awesome. Uh, we got her at a shelter. Julie volunteers like 30 hours a week at this place called Max Fund. Yeah. Great no kill shelter here in Denver. Oh, good. Julie, your girlfriend is the shit. Yeah, let's talk about Max Fund. What Everybody, is it? where you can go adopt a dog. No kill shelter. They have great dogs. We got Kino there because she fell in love Do with Do you get Kino. older dogs? They have older dogs. They have younger dogs. They have some dogs that need a little help being socialized. Some of them are like, they get dogs from like Mexico. They're street dogs. They get like all kinds. A lot of their dogs are from Texas, I think. Yeah. Anyway, Julie goes there every day. Like, well, not every day, but, you know, four or five days a week and walks dogs after work. That's where we got Kino. Why? Like, she just loved walking Kino? Do you want to hear the crazy story of how Kino ended up with us? It's yeah. really sad, actually. Yeah. So Kino um, was someone's dog here, this guy. He, had, he actually owned a furniture store on the west side of town, like a used furniture store. So I think she was like one of those cool store dogs that hangs yeah. out in the store all day, which is a very cool, which makes sense with how she is. So she, he died of cancer, apparently. That sucks, right? Yeah. She had a brother dog, Makita, was a little bigger than her and a little older. They went to the shelter, and when you go to the shelter with another dog, they, like, keep you guys together in a kennel. Because yeah. you don't, you have to be, like, alone for a few days before you go out into the general population to yeah. make sure you don't have whatever. Anyway, her brother dog died in the kennel with her, like, their third day there. Holy shit, Overnight, really? when no one was there, and the person came in and was like, holy shit, you know? So Keena's just sitting there with her dead dog brother after her owner died so tough times you know julie came how in how do you know it was dead <laughs> okay well she saw the dead body it's a different thing i saw a dead body on the plane you don't know that that person was dead you don't know if that dog was dead yes they know when the dog's dead what are you talking about this is not the same thing All he right. wasn't whisked away by doctors never to be seen again <laughs> jesus fucking christ anyway <laughs> julie came in that day as she always does saw kino sitting there with her Sweet little look on her face, knowing she had a tragic day. Brought her home to foster for the night. That's where you just watch him. And she Did, never. Can you tell when a dog's having a tragic day? I I don't know. I think not as much as a person, mm -hmm. but they definitely have ups and downs. Uh, anyway, so Julie brought her home so she could stay with us for a night or two, just because she had her. But and then never went back. Really? <laughs> yeah, and she's just been her dog ever since. She was great. She just like assimilated right in. Like she's very chill. 
I just think about trauma because Melissa Etheridge, her son, son died. That's terrible. Yeah, opioids. Mm. It's horrible. But like, I wonder. I just like, how do people deal with death? How do people deal with death? Yeah. I don't know. I, have you dealt with a lot of death in your life? Honestly, not really. I'm not a ton. I haven't. I've either. had like my grandparents have died, which I'm not trying to brush that off, but it's not the same as like yeah, a, a parent or sibling or something or a son. Because I saw you when I saw you the first day, and you were really hurt. And you, were, I know you're holding your feelings when your dog died. Yeah, a like, little. And you're kind of like, well, there's like a lot of people around. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. You don't like. Is it hard for you to express your feelings when... I just don't really get anything out of it. No? What do you mean? You can't cry? It's good to cry. I, I don't... Um, yeah, but I don't think crying in front of people is any better than crying alone. Yeah, I agree. Do I you? Don't, I don't cry. I can't cry in front of people. It's just easier for me to process things on my own. I'm pretty good at it. I'm really good at like, so What did you learn about death from your dead dog? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn anything, really. I mean, there's nothing to learn. It's just a fact of life you know yeah he had a killing life though i mean he did more stuff than some people i know he traveled he flew he went to san francisco he really yeah julie took him all everywhere for like 10 years and then he got too old to go do stuff that's the only downfall of having a dog that's like they die in like seven years like yeah fuck. 15 for him sad dude it's bullshit it's kind of how me and my friend kit were talking about this it's kind of how i know there's no god <laughs> what do you mean well if there was a god dogs wouldn't live an eighth as long as humans they're much better than we are <laughs> And if there are you is, an atheist? I don't know. I'm definitely not. I don't call myself an atheist because to me, that's just another religion. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just out. I'm out of the game. You're out. I was listening to actually a Kevin Nealon podcast. He was on that Andrew Santino pod, and they were. I think it was those two that were talking about it about consciousness. And he was saying that consciousness is all in his opinion, but it's kind of a. I like kind of agree. There's only one consciousness, and we all share it, right? And yeah. you're just renting it while you're alive, and when you die, it turns off. I don't know if he meant that in a religious way, but I think that could apply if you don't believe like in God. Like a battery running out? Yeah, but we're all on the same battery sharing it, and our use of it is mm. gone, you know? Well, that makes sense. Yeah, but no, I definitely don't believe in God or any kind of magic or any kind of shit like that, no. No. And if there is a God, he's doing a terrible job. What about ghosts? Okay, I, I don't believe in ghosts, but I, I'm more open to ghosts than, I guess, God. Do you believe in God? I, uh, I, some days I do, some days I don't. Mm. Sounds pretty convenient. No, I don't know. I mean, I, like, <laughs> I, I have a very like. When I'm having a stomach ache, I pray. I don't for really God. like talking about. I kind of offend people sometimes when I talk about how I don't believe in God because I'm so just dry and. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with other people that do believe in God. I, my problem is more with religion than the existence of God. You know. What's your problem with religion? Well, I mean, it's just a very shitty thing. That's like you know anything. The more organized and big almost anything gets, the worse it gets. Right. The more people you put in something. So my problem isn't like the religious people. Like you had Corey Wong on your podcast, right? Yeah. He talked about how he's a Christian. But yeah. the way he's a Christian is great. You know what I mean? Like the, the Corey Wongs or whoever, they're not the problem. It's like the organization. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the church itself. Any optimism today? What do you, what do you got I'm for in a me? Great, I'm, pretty, I'm in a good mood about our future right now. Yeah, I do too. I feel like COVID's it spiked there for a minute. Seems like it's dying off a little. None of us got it on tour. That's Isn't a good sign. Let's and we went to, to Texas. <laughs> people i mean we all know we're not going to get in seattle um they were masked like they were really masked up in the in it was the really amazing to see all the different how everyone mm -hmm. treated their idea of what COVID is it's weird how regional stuff still is even though we're all connected worldwide by the social media yeah there's just things that are pervasive in culture for thousands of years that you can't get out of people you mm -hmm. know 
Like exactly. People are a certain way. You know, I can't wait to get in the Midwest next month. My well, people. Your pe- oh, yeah, dude. Oh, let's talk about our tourists. Oh, and also yeah. Repsy. We got to talk about Repsy. <laughs> Guys, bands, musicians, entertainers, sign up to Repsy.com. Our boys made an amazing platform for you to get help getting shows. Yeah. I know how hard it is to get shows. It's hard. Dude, if I already have an agent, are they going to take a double cut? No, they're not. Wow, that was a fucking lob ball, baby. I'm going to clap to that one. That was a lob, lob ball. City, That's baby. what I'm talking about. That is that fucking co-host energy I fucking need sometimes. <laughs> yes, you don't get a double commission. Um, you They'll take, if you have an agent, they'll help you out. Hey, give it to JBG, you yeah, know? Yeah, John Bongiorno working hard, trying to get me paid. I love him. He's like, nope, you're worth this now. Sorry, I like that people. guy. I fuck with I him. I love that. I love that. I was like, yo, we didn't get on X Festival or did we pass? He's like, you're worth this, Frasco. You Woo! work this hard. You are worth oh, this. Yeah. I'm like, shout out to John. Because you had to say no to a festival because they didn't offer you enough money. I won't name the festival or the amount of money. Yeah. Hell yeah. I know Fuck what yeah. I'm worth, baby. Well, he does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's his job. Sometimes I just want to play every gig and then I it's get hard. burnt out. It's hard to say no to flying somewhere and playing for thousands of people. It is. It's That's very. That's the hardest part about it. Because you know. there's only one time a year you can go do that festival. I know. But whatever. There's something else. Maybe a better will come along. So sign up for Repsy.com. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were done. I thought the ad was over. No. Um, sign up to Repsy.com and uh, be part of be part of the music industry going into 2021 and 2020. Is it 2021 Woo. right now? Yeah, it's 2021. We're, 2020. In, uh, we're we almost in 2022. October. I know. Where do you play in New Year's? Florida. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sanford. Where's that? Miami area? Orlando. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to go to Disney? I don't know. I'm going to take a vacation after New Year's Eve. I'm thinking of going to Germany. Oh, yeah. You told me that. Berlin. Berlin. Is it- Unless you want to do a, a vacation, thought- I'll bring a girl or something. Are we going to go to Lakers, Bulls? We are. That is on November. That's in January. That's in January 16th. Well, I'm going to that. I'll take you. Yeah. Courtside, baby. Thank you. That was funny when you were like, you, oh, you got to buy you your own. who got me courtside tickets. Thank you. But that was funny when we were in the... We were in the trailer. We were in Umphreys McGee's trailer at summer camp, and I was like, I'll go. And you're like, you got to get your own flight. I was like, just because I work for you doesn't mean I'm poor. <laughs> that was a good hey, one. Hey, but I told you, you, I told you how much my band makes. You're, you're kind of pumped up about it. I, make, I, I pay people. Yeah, you do. You pay people, you know, what they're worth. Yeah, I know. If I was in your band, I wouldn't be pissed about what I get paid. Cool. Those guys aren't either, FYI. <laughs> no, I, no, they're not. They have never said anything. No, I hope not. But um, yeah, so sign up to Repsy.com. Get your band out there. Get big. Get big and get say huge. no to big festivals. Fuck yeah. Good Southern boys down there in Alabama. Tell you what. Um, speaking of the Midwest, we are going back to your around your hood, Where right? Where are we going? Well, not my exact hood because you've we're going there. to New Orleans this weekend. New you've Orleans, back in June. Little Rock, Fayetteville, Arkansas. I heard Fayetteville's dope. I've it only slaps. played there. That was where I started my career. I've, uh, I've played George's a couple times, but not long enough to like hang out. But we have a day off the next day, so I'm yep. going to go do some stuff. It'll be fun. So New Orleans on the 14th. Uh, we yeah. just added the Suffers. They're, they're playing with us. That'll be fun. Yeah. Little Rock on the 15th. Fayetteville on the 16th. Break. Then we're into three days off. I don't know what we should do. Grand Rapids. We'll, we'll head to Michigan. It's a pretty far drive. So it's, it is. So, yeah. and right. it, um, so Grand Rapids on the 19th. Ferndale, Michigan on the 20th. Buffalo is almost sold out. Fuck yeah. Pittsburgh almost sold out. Fuck yeah. On the 22nd. 23, Covington. I love Covington. Covington is Cincinnati for you people who don't know. That's where I played with Cosby Sweater or Turbo Suit. Yep. So if you're from Cincinnati 
or in the Cincinnati area, Covington is right there in Cincinnati, but you probably already know that, actually. Oh, hell yeah. And then Cleveland, Ohio on the 24th. Give it up for Casey down there in Covington. My dude. He puts on Resonance. Yeah. Resonance. One of my favorite promoters in the country. Resonance Fest. Um, And then the 28th, Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm. 29th, Wilmington. We're doing the mm-hmm. fucking wrestling. Kyle Ayers Dick is something. back. Kyle Ayers and Nick Gerlach, the whole band is back on the 29th. And Big Something. And Big Something, yeah. Richmond, Virginia on the 30th. Cool. Charlottesville on the 31st. Broadberry, Richmond. Um, I think it is Broadberry. Broadberry. Yeah, that's it's a, a cool venue. room. I yeah, love yeah. that room. I love I love that area. North Carolina, yeah. Virginia. This shit's so beautiful. I haven't really done the North Carolina coast very much. It's sick as fuck. I heard it's awesome. If you guys yeah. want to take a vacation, you should take that drive down and just see the mountains. Yeah. And go to Asheville. It's fucking tight. Um, November 3rd, Louisville, Kentucky. Hell yeah. November 4th, Madison, Wisconsin. Not a lot of tickets sold. Come on, Madison. I know we're not. College towns are tough, man. Some, what every four years, you, you have to recirculate. Oh, yeah. You got to do a because big show. Because they all show. graduate. They all graduate, so you got to do a, another fucking outdoor oh, free concert. About that. Yeah, because I've had to recirculate my Fayetteville fans yeah. like four times now because I've played there for so fucking but long. But Fayetteville, it's like a city too, right? So like there's like... Yeah, no, now yeah. that Walmart moved there. Yeah, is that where it is? Yeah, uh, Benville or something. What's right Walmart? Walmart's Benville. What is Walmart? Shut the fuck up, Nick. <laughs> um, Minneapolis... On the 5th, Turf Hell Club, yeah. that ticket's selling good. We're playing Chicago on the 6th, which I'm really excited about. I heard Talia, Talia Hall. Hall is insanely cool. It's sick, and it's a big room. So come on, guys, get your tickets. Well, you know, the problem is, this is what I'm talking about with the Repsy thing. We're competing with, like, There's Pigeons, so many Billy shows. Street, Spafford. Spafford. It's like, you guys, we're going to get, everyone's going to get stepped on, so you might as well get a lot of help. Go to, go to Repsy.com. Mm-hmm. Urbana, Illinois is the end of it. Hell yeah. And then That's a couple weeks town. off. And then we do a little four-day run. Birmingham on November seventeenth, yep. Atlanta, uh, Atlanta on the nineteenth, Asheville on the eighteenth, and Nashville on the twentieth. I love Atlanta. And that's the that's the the done of that our second leg of our tour. And then we all cry and cry and cry. And then we'll, I'm going to Laker Bulls game in L.A. No, and then you're then we're going to do more tour. And then you're going and to then holidays we're going on tour. And then we have holidays with our boys Umphreys. Let's go. Fuck yeah. I said, oh, yeah. nah, I don't want to go to holidays. Yeah, then we're in the Northeast in December, but we'll talk about it. that's coming. Yeah, that's let's, a while. let's just buy your tickets to this Midwest run and, yeah. and Southeast. You don't run. have to go. You can just buy a ticket, you know? True. True. Um, oh. What? Came to buy some Western wear at Rock Mount. Oh, cool. R- Richie. Uh, <laughs> we're doing a podcast. I'm, yeah, I'm t- I'm, my buddy Richie's in town. Um, Andy Frasco gets more texts than anyone I've seen in my life. Dude, I have. How I'm, do you have so many friends? 312 text messages I haven't responded to you. How do you have so many friends? I don't get it. Because... You don't even look people in the eye when you talk to them. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Got him. Um, because I talk to everyone. I try to communicate with everybody. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I'm, you know, it's, I feel bad when, you know, people reach out and, you know, when I tell them... I have one missed text. <laughs> From me, probably. No. Damn it. All right. From my credit card company. (laughs) This is a long segment. Um, Have a great week. (laughs) Thanks, Nick, for. um, That was so. That was a half hour. Jeez. It it goes by quick when you're with your buddy. (laughs) We didn't even talk about optimism. Oh, you want to pump people up today? I guess. About what? what? Just to have a great week. (sighs) Okay. Everybody, have a great week. (laughs) You're going to have a great week, actually. You're going to have a great week. People are going to be stoked you're alive. People are going to be stoked that you're going to be there living, thriving, and following your dreams. Right, Nick? Yeah, and if you don't feel like doing something, just don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Fuck it.
Like, put yourself know. first this week. Put yourself first. Put yourself first and let people know you mean fucking business, right? Yeah. The other person doesn't always have to come. No. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Enjoy Melissa Etheridge. She's awesome. We had a great talk. All right. Next up on the interview hour, we have Melissa Etheridge. Yes. Legend. Chris, play some Melissa while I uh, pump her up a little bit. One of the best songwriters in the 90s and now still being an activist. She's unbelievable and she's dealt with cancer and her son passing away through opioids and building a foundation called the Etheridge Foundation to support research in the hunt to fix the opioid addiction. And it was a great talk. We talked about the music industry in the 90s versus now. We just, we talked about it all. And um, I'm really excited for you to listen to this. So thanks for being on the show, Melissa. All right, guys, enjoy Melissa Etheridge. Fantastic! How are you? I'm good. Where are you, where are you at right now? I don't know. I'm <laughs> in uh, I'm in Indiana, uh, Nashville, Indiana. Can you believe it? Are you uh, gigging, or is this where you live? Or yep, no, no, no. I I'm out on the road. Thank goodness. I'm so grateful we were able to uh, come back and and um, start touring last month. Yeah. How how did the quarantine treat your? Um your uh your mental stability <laughs> it was very challenging i think it was very challenging to all of us i um uh when i first realized in that first month of march uh that that this was going to be a long time at first i thought oh it's just going to be a couple weeks you know <laughs> and um i started doing some little facetime concerts and uh, I said, oh, I'll just do this every day for like 20 minutes until we get through this, you know. And then mm-hmm. 58 days later, uh, I realized this was going long. And then I lost my son, which uh, yeah. that was a real heartbreak. And then um, I, I threw everything into actually building a streaming studio. And for over a year, I streamed um, five days a week. We did live shows and, and you know, I mean, I, I played in the studio, played music and and did some uh, fun stuff uh, five days a week and really kind of built a community. So it, it helped keep me sane. It helped keep me close to music and it really, it really saved everything. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you. I'm, by the way, I'm so sorry to hear about Beckett and stuff. And yeah. I, um, do you think music and distractions help you mourn death? I think music helps everything. Yeah. Um, I think uh, death and loss is um, a part of being human, unfortunately. I mean, I wish we could all get away from it, but um, it's going to happen. And I think, yes, the best thing to do is not be um, uh, paralyzed by it. Not uh, I, I definitely, you know, the hard part was, you know, guilt and shame and wondering and, and, you know, what could I have done and all those things you go through. And, um, 
and music and creating and building something and, and learning. And it really takes your mind off all that and gets, it was, it was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. I mean, and especially as being a songwriter and helping, you know, I don't know how you are about being vulnerable or suppressing feelings or if, if it's hard for you to suppress feelings, if it isn't through song or whatever, how hard was it to write about this? And have you tried to write about this? I have, um, I have, I have some, uh, you know, hmm, I haven't sat down and completed a song yet. When I write, sometimes I just write pieces and, and put it down and, and I know that I'll go back later and assemble it all. I have definitely written down just things that, you know, come to me, but I have yet to really sit down and visit the, uh, you know, that sort of pain. And, and, yeah. um, I will be able to write about it because it, that always helps me. Um, but it, it will be, uh, different. Yeah. It'll, it'll be intense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry to even bring it up. You know, it's like, as- no, it, it's, and like I said, it's part of life and I do, I, I made a choice that I would talk about it because I know that so many other people go through this and, and, and it is, it is very prevalent and it is a problem in our society. And I do want to talk about it. Then let's uh, let's get let's get with it. Then um, I I would love to hear about it because the Etheridge Foundation is uh, is one of the supports uh, for opiate addictions, correct? And um, what have what have you learned through the research that you've started doing on about opiates and how they attack our body and how they attack yeah. our minds? Well, mostly um, the Etheridge Foundation is sending research into alternatives to opioids because. The way that um, the opioid works is is just insidious and and it's it's instantly addictive and the the what what they have invented now up to fentanyl you know is like why 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 yeah. are we doing this and and um, and also then looking to alternatives and understanding what pain is and how to uh, maneuver through pain and work through pain without uh, this pharmaceutical, um, you know, choice that, uh, you know, even now you see all the the lawsuits and the, you know, the, 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 the darkness and the insidiousness behind it is, is very sad. And I, and I don't want to be against it. I want to move forward to the future where we can leave that behind. Yeah, totally. And like, I've, why does like Western medicine always feel like opiates are are the reason to like feel better? Like, why can't we use other things to make us feel better? Well, I've always thought that um, Western medicine, if you look where it started from over a hundred years ago, it was a joke a hundred years ago because you'll you, you could see there's little cartoons where where it'll show a doctor and it says, "Wow, this this doctor uh, um, the the cure is going to kill me." You know, if and and it's it's a it was a way of thinking that um, science brought us. And I mean, I'm going to go all deep here and go that, you know, 400 years ago, Descartes uh, went to the church and said, I want to be able to uh, study the human body. I want to exhume you know, dead bodies and look at them. And they said, OK, you can do that. But the soul, the spirit is still part of the church. So you can only look at it through the human body. So medicine started there and oh. it went on this path where it never, we, it, it never included the mental, the emotional, 
a spiritual part of the human being. And so medicine only looks at, um, we call it allopathic. It's a belief that there's the body and, and something happens to it and disease happens to it. And so here's something outside of the body that a pill is going to relieve that symptom. That's just the way they've started thinking 400 years ago when the new, more natural, naturopathic um, or homeopathic, you know, the, the holistic body, of course, it has to do with our emotional state, with stress, with, with these things that when you put that in and you look, then the, the cure is inside of us. Yeah. And it's about strengthening our immune system, strengthening our emotional body to where these diseases, you know, disease, this disease doesn't come in or, well, actually start in your body. I really learned this from cancer because I had cancer 17 yeah. years ago and cancer starts when cells go bad. Cancer is not something you catch from somewhere. It's your own cells going bad because your environment is too acidic. And it, that comes from what we're eating, you know, all those things that, you know, we're told not to do, but mostly from stress, from our own minds. And it, we've got to, uh, medicine has to really start to marry that. And when you find a, a healer, a doctor who, who is like, mm, maybe we should look at your lifestyle. You know, it, it's, it has to be that now. And medicine is starting to get more integrative. Yeah, and it, they it's it's you're you're spot on about it. What you said, I'm gonna clap to that because that was a beautiful that was a beautiful expression to that because people forget that mental health is just as important as what's going on internally with your body. Like and like they forget that oh all this stuff that's helping us our organs is actually causing stress in our brain that has given us these anxieties that are giving us these addictions that are not really curing anything. You're just like. I see that with cancer. Like I see people in the, with the radiation and everything and how it just fucks everything. Excuse my language. I don't know if you cuss, but yes. uh, it just messes up our whole body and our brain doesn't know how to handle it. How do yeah. we, So what's our approach with how to get our mental health in a good, stable, stable place for the medicine to work? Well, it's, you would hope that whatever treatment you would you would be able to go into that would go hand in hand. Yeah. I remember when I went through my uh, treatment 17 years ago, um, you know, they would say, okay, we're going to do these, this chemotherapy, we're going to do this radiation and all this crazy stuff. And it was all numbers and percentages of if it's going to come back or not. And then I had a nurse that um, just quietly told me, you know, Hey, um, you know, if you think positively, it might really help. That helps the results. I mean, just really quiet. It was like a, a secret. And I'm like, why doesn't, why don't people start telling you know, this yeah, in, the, right, exactly. in the first place? What's so secretive about that? That's okay. So it, it's, it's, it's going in there and, and, and getting doctors and, they, and then they're starting to, to, because they themselves are getting sick. So, so doctors are starting to understand, wait a minute, it's more than just I'm not going to come in and give you this cure that that's a, a chemical, a chemo, a pill or something. You know, we can do all this research and there's great stuff. There's great stuff that um, isolated, you know, chemotherapies on certain things. is great. But this this overall sort of prophylactic chemo thing, I think, is going to be um, a thing of the past soon because it's really it, it, it 
it is more, it's so much more of a mental thing, whether your cancer comes back or not. Yeah. Then like, let's talk about your own experience with fighting cancer. Like when you found out that you had cancer, like how is, how is your mental health with that? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I don't usually tell people this, but I'm beginning to, because I, I do want them to understand, um, uh, plant spirit. And, uh, I was about a year before I was diagnosed with cancer. I had, I'd gone through a, a divorce, but really, and it was still a messy, horrible thing. I had a couple kids and it was just mm-hmm. this really stressful stuff. My career was kind of like, what am I doing? And, and it was just a stressful time in my life. Yeah. And I had, um, I had uh, accidentally, I call it a heroic dose of a cannabis. I ate too many, you know, pot cookies and just went on this amazing journey. Mm -hmm. And I came back a changed person because I started, it was, it was a spiritual experience for me and I, and I won't go too deep into it, but it definitely changed me so that when I was diagnosed with cancer, I wasn't afraid of death. One, because I had sort of, you know, seen that I had had this experience of, you know, what reality and life and death and everything really was. And so I was able to start walk through it and, and understand it from a place instead of fear of, oh, my God, I'm dying. Yeah, it's uh, no, 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 no. This is my body shedding something and just showing me, oh, this is this is what a body does. It gets too acidic. It, it the cells go bad. And so um, my my immune system comes and covers it up and makes a tumor and it can shrink and it can go away. That's, that's what I learned. So my, when you asked me my mental health, 17 years, I was kind of in a, in a, in an awakening state mm. and the cancer sort of just sped everything up. Yeah. So if you, if, so you're saying if you approach uh, traumatic things optimistically, your body is more relaxed and feels like they could fight the, as fight the whatever the disease in your body yeah. as best as they can, you know? Yeah. Um, you want to help your immune system. Your immune system is a miraculous system. It truly is. If you really look and see what our bodies are capable of and how we can heal ourselves. And, you know, some people aren't there. There's, there's different, uh, you know, um, degrees of it, but just, optimism, just like, okay. It was one of the reasons why I constantly talk about, Hey, I'm a thriver, 17 years, cancer free. You can do it. You can do it. There's optimism here. This is not a death sentence here. You're not, you're not dying. Your, your body's just giving you a signal. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you can start that way, pardon me, if you can start that way, then, um, you know, there's, there's areas, there's more chance. Yeah. Oh, miss optimism. I love it. <laughs> See, this, is a, this is what I'm talking about. I needed this. You know, like I, I did the same thing. I, I did a heroic, I've been micro, I, I was dealt with not, I was dealing with a severe depression. I'm a musician as well. I've been on the road 15 years, 250 shows a year, just grinding. Like Ooh. you have, like, you're one of my inspirations about how hard oh. you work and gig. And I, I got through this thing. It was like year 10 of my touring. I started getting depressed and feeling like yeah. it was all just part nothing it was nothing was making sense and then i started uh microdosing psilocybin and there you go and it really changed it rewired my brain into more optimistic thoughts what is your, what's your take on psychedelics yeah that's what um that's what i'm hoping when i said you know uh more legalization because as soon as that is uh, the etheridge foundation will definitely get behind that i believe we have 
we have um, these uh, gifts from the earth <laughs> that have been around for millions of years, millions of years, which, you know, I have a deep belief that uh, mushrooms and psilocybin and, you know, amanita muscarium, that, that they, uh, that's where religion came from, you know, yeah, that totally. was these, you know, the, the cave folks going, Whoa, you know, and, and what it naturally does to our nervous systems, how it helps us. It, it just, just as uh, trees and plants give us oxygen, we give them carbon monoxide. We are, you know, if, if the plants die, we die, yeah. we die, the plants die sort of thing. Uh, we are, you know, we are connected. Then there's a whole branch of plant medicine that is, uh, um, you know, psychotropic that is, uh, that helps human beings. You know, we eat plants. It's good for us. We breathe plants. It's good for us. We take plant medicine. It's good for us. It's, it's the same thing. And, and, you know, 2000 years ago, a thousand years ago, this was the, you know, this is what they, this is what they burned women at the stake for, you know, yeah. which is at the stake. And this, this is the paganism that they tried to uh, suppress you know, for power, for all kinds of reasons. But this is, it has been around for so long and, and it's time for us really to take a grown-up look at, at psilocybin, at cannabis, at um, ayahuasca, at, at so many different things. Why does Big Farm not want us to take a bigger look at that? <laughs> Money? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you know, it's, um, you know, of course, because that, that's their living. They, and, and people have, and it, you know, it is their belief. People still think, you know, that all of this is, you know, they believe reefer madness. They, you know, they've been really, uh, the, the, the generation before me was really raised that all of this is bad and you'll go crazy and you'll kill people. And, and, you know, um, I think ultimately uh, searching your own consciousness, exploring your own consciousness is terrifying to the church to the um, to pharmaceuticals because they have it kind of neatly laid out, and, and it's not an evil thing. It's just what they know, mm -hmm. and it's just how how it's been laid out. But this is you know, searching our con consciousness. I believe is a civil right. You know, I, I think us being able to get in touch with ourselves and understand our. Our, our consciousness place in the world and and how we're connected to each other and what we're doing here and that sort of thing, you know, that's frightening to other people. Yeah. I mean, other, but, you know, to, to, to those that really have a, have sort of a one way look, but um, it, it's just growing your, your generation, everybody's just, it's getting more and more, uh, more and more aware, aware. Yeah. What about when you're younger and the same philosophy, but with sexuality? Yeah, I, it, it's. I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. I, um, you know, when I when I realized I was um, a lesbian, like when I was sixteen or seventeen, and and I said, "Oh my God, I'm the only one," and and I'm going to have to be in a little hole. And then you kind of you find others, and you're like, "Oh," and then there's a whole community. And you're like, "Wait a minute, there's all these people. They're just living under the, you know, this this uh, under the known, you know, what's going on." Um, that's exactly how I feel when I when I was when I became like a, a cannabis advocate. It's like if if all the people that actually use cannabis came out and said, hey, I use it. It's like it's like coming out as a gay person. It yeah. normalizes it. People understand. Oh, no, this is this is love. This is my relationship. This is I'm loving myself by 
getting in touch with my own consciousness. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, you know, I've been around the country too. And like growing up, you grew up in Kansas, right? Yeah. How hard yeah. was it? How hard was it to make being a lesbian open as open as you could be? <laughs> or were you suppressing? Were you, did you have to oh, suppress? I was, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I got out of Leavenworth. In fact, this is, you know, 1978, 79. I'm like, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye, bye. See you later. Yeah. I'll come back when I'm a big famous rock star. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I really have to hand it to um, my hometown. They, uh, back in the 90s, they embraced me and were like, this is the hometown of Melissa Etheridge, you know, big, big gay. Yeah. Did they, um, did you have to deal with any, um, you know, bad juju while opening up as a gay person? You know, um, not enough, to, nothing to really look at. You know, I, I always think that it's other people's fear. If they're going to be hateful because I love somebody, I mean, that just says more about them. Yeah. So, so it's, um, you know, I, I was just a couple hours from the infamous Westboro Baptist church you know, and he used to, you know, come and, and picket everything I did, you know, in my hometown, God. which is, it was like this really ugly thing, but it just, it, they look kind of crazy. They yeah. always did. And, and everyone would just walk by and kind of shake their heads. And well, that, I kind of feel like the same way with the older generations who are not letting us like do research on psilocybin and not, re it's yeah. the same, like it's these old values that people are holding on to that they need to fucking let go of. Excuse my language. <laughs> No, I hundred percent agree. Yes. All right, I got. I I know you. We only have a little bit of time. I got other things I want to talk about. This is a okay. music industry podcast. I want to know. I mean, you you fucking killed it in the nineties. It was killing it. <laughs> the music industry was way different. Uh, I want to know, like, what do you think the difference is between the music industry in the nineties and the music industry now? Well, I wouldn't say one is is better than the other. I I would really? say no. Yeah, I would say that. Ultimately, people love music and they're going to find the music they love. They're going to find it. And I always had a belief that if you play your music for people and people enjoy it, it will grow. It, it just will. And, and you know, you, it's what I've always told people. Now, in the 90s, there was a very clear path. You had to get signed to a record deal and you had to get on the radio which a lot of people got signed and didn't get on the radio. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people didn't even get signed. So it, it was, it was a one, one plan. And it took me five years of, of every single record company coming out to see me before Chris Blackwell finally walked in and said, well, I don't know why you're not signed. You're, you know, and, and he signed me. It, of course I was in gay bars. It might've meant, you know, that they couldn't get past that. I don't know. But it it did. It took five years. And, and once he did, um, he he always told me, he said, don't make music for the radio. You make radio come to you. Mm. And and, it, you know, that sort of uh, creative, um, you know, uh, approach and and um, support really, really worked. So I was able to do that. And, and then, you know, I was in the in the 90s that sort of music was rocking, you know, it was great. Yeah. And singer songwriters, it was all about us and, and, um, you know, grunge and rock and roll. And it was just a great decade. And then it changed. And, and that's where then that, you know, then I wasn't played on the radio. And so it's this kind of land of the lost you get into, but then the internet came in 
And now I can reach my fans directly, Yeah, you know, right on. And, and yes, it's smaller, but nowadays, again, kids are making music. They're making it for people. It's, it, it starts to grow. Radio has, has um, just gotten so narrow and so yeah. thin that it's only serving, you know, 13 to 18 year olds. Yeah. Okay. Or it's country music, which is basically what rock and roll and songwriting used to be, you yeah. know, it's sort of, so you've kind of got that still there, but then there's this really healthy um, internet underbelly that you can connect. It's sort of like what indie music used to be, you yeah. know, the indie labels, which Chris Blackwell was. So, um, what did Chris Blackwell know, teach you about um, longevity? Oh, he he and Bruce Springsteen both gave me the the, the best advice. It was like. It's good to have a hit every now and then, but don't have too many of them. <laughs> I, know, I was like, okay, then I'm doing okay. You know, <laughs> that's good advice. Bruce Springsteen was like, yeah, you don't want you you want you, the way to have a long career is for people to want to come see you live. Yeah, and so that's what I have always worked at is um, is presenting a show that when someone leaves, they're like, God, I want I, that made me feel so good. I want to go see that again. Oh, that's that's my goal that's beautiful what about what what was your mind state like when you know like you were you were fucking popping and then all of a sudden like there's that the part of the of everyone's career where the trends move on to something else like what was your mind state there when like you're on the top of the world and all of a sudden like how did you get through was it de- were you going through depression were you like okay yeah. with it or what tell me about yeah, it yeah it, it it was because not only was it that but my my uh relationship marriage or whatever it was, yeah. you know, we had two kids and, and it, everything was falling at once. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this, this sucks. <laughs> and, and yet you're, it, it just shows that it, it's not, it's not about the result. The fun part, the amazing part is always the journey. Yeah. So I have learned to not be so results oriented. It's more the experience I'm having. So, uh, I don't look at charts anymore. I don't, it, 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 I don't, I, I just make music and I, uh, I, I give it to the people who want to hear it. But at that time in the nineties, it was, you know, it was, <laughs> it, we were coming off of this great stuff in the mid nineties and all of a sudden Britney Spears and sync, And I'm like, what, what is yeah. this? You know, and it just went, it took a hard, you know, turn and music just became that. And, and, and that's okay. Did you become bitter of the music industry when they started promoting people like that? Well, I, I got a little, I got a, a, a little bad taste in my mouth when um, some pretty big radio stations and stuff, you know, were like, oh, you know, she's uh, irrelevant. And, you know, just, you know, they, they kind of you do this weird stuff at the beginning of the, of the, the, the pop gen thing, the century. Yeah. The beginning, beginning of the 2000s, you know, that was kind of, Huh. And so uh, yet, you know, I could, I could still play and people wanted to hear and sing. And so, and that's kind of when I got cancer too. So it it all sort of, and then I came out of that and went, I don't care. I'm not even going to ever worry about that again. I am so fortunate to make my music for people who want to hear it. And it just so doesn't matter. Do you think that stress caused the cancer? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Man, I got to stop worrying about shit. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yes, you do. You got to joy is extremely important. Not just, hey, it's nice and joy. No, it's it's like good medicine. You definitely need to stop worrying. You need to put some gratitude and appreciation into your life. Oh, damn. I'm getting pumped up by Melissa afterwards. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. No, but I'm serious. Like, how, what would you give a guy like me advice on, you know, I've, I've been doing this 15 years. I'm in the, in the live, live music scene, you know, it's like, I'm always chasing the hit, you know, I'm always chasing, like, what, what, what kind of advice would you give people in my caliber of band? I would say, stop for a moment, take a look around, look how far you've come, tell your 13 year old self, Hey, you freaking did it. Okay. You did it. You, I would take a moment and look and just have amazing gratitude that you are successful. You have a podcast. You're talking to me, you know, you're, you're, awesome. you're, you've done it Hell yeah. and start there and take a breath and go, yeah, yeah, I did do that. And, oh, I want to do more excitedly. Mm-hmm. And the minute you find yourself going, I want to do more. Oh, but the man's keeping me down. Then you're, you're fucked. You're, you're out, of it, you know, so why you have we- to say. Yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. You have to think. Oh, sorry, we're talking. I'm so excited. I'm talking to Melissa Etheridge about getting my career. Why do we always feel like we have to like make all these industry people happy? Well, because we have always believed that they have all the control. And they and they kind of used to. They had the control over who got the record deal. They had the control over who was played on the radio. And that used to be the, the thing. So we give them that. But ultimately, you we I really started to understand that it's not it's the people and the people always have control. They are always more. If you get the people loving you, then like Chris Blackwell said, radio will come to you. They the industry will come to you. You make you make stuff you love that excites people and they love it. It doesn't matter. And uh, have you uh, reached that point in your life again where you're finally making music you love? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's not anything I put out now that that's not like 100 percent because right be- the album I put out right before I was diagnosed with cancer. It was the first album that I had put out that Chris Blackwell had left the record label. Um, it-, it was called Lucky. And I turned it in. I did you know, what I usually did. I didn't I never used to even have an A&R guy. Chris Blackwell just let me do what I wanted and make make it and put it out. And I put it out. And this was a whole new record company. And they were all this is 2003. And and they said, OK, yeah, it's fine. But we don't hear a hit. And that was the first time that that was ever said to me. And I was like and they said, and so we think you should record this song that was done by that was written by um, another band. And it, it broke my heart. And I it. it truly broke my heart, but I thought, okay, well, they're not going to work the record if I don't do the song that they want me to do. So I did the song. I put it out. I got cancer. Oh, <laughs> so God. Was, yeah. Did it, you, and I swore that I'd never do anything that I didn't love again after that. Did you, um, have you talked, do you talk to a therapy therapist? Oh, I, many. Yeah. I, I went through a lot of therapy. I'm, I'm kind of beyond that now. I'm not saying I don't need therapy, but I, I've, trained and practiced well-being enough that talking about old stuff is 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 not healthy for me it's it's about looking and and creating the future now so beautiful i got two more questions i'll let you go i know you're busy (laughs) okay um when when chris blackwell left was that like the most heartbreaking thing to you 
it was incredibly heartbreaking. It, it really was. I felt like here was a guy that for a deck for 10 years, over 10 years, about 11 years, he, he guided my career. He, he believed in me. And obviously this was the end of the nineties and all these guys were just selling their companies for massive amounts. Yeah. You know, they're bought up by everybody and, you know, I don't blame him, but then I was just set and, and he, and through they wouldn't let me off the label to go somewhere else so it was it was really it was it was hard yeah i think the 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 idea the art of the because like the art of the a and r in the 90s and the 80s and the 70s mm -hmm. was so important i feel that's yeah. what the music industry is lacking right now is like the idea of developing a band yeah i think they look at um i think the majors look at uh you know, your internet numbers, you know, your social media numbers. And that's, that's the A&R of it is a numbers game. And um, you got to think that there's still some, I keep running across some great artists who are still, you know, kind of unknown, but uh, you know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because like, you know, it's like there is a platform now because of social media and like we could get, mm -hmm. like you said, the cream rises to the top. And if you yeah. make good content, the people are going to catch on to it. It's just what's hard is when you're getting fluttered with a million fucking bands. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, yeah. I'm like, I get confused. I'm like, what do I yeah. even listen to? You know, how do yeah. you, how do you, how do you, how do you make your, your trajectory of keeping your career going when everyone's trying to tell you, you should sound like this. You should sound like this. You just say, fuck <laughs> all them and say, I'm just going to be myself and everyone could suck it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Not in those words, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Melissa. I'm hopped no, up good. on coffee now. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's it is I'm, I'm, I'm a musician. I've definitely earned the, 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 I've done the years and I've earned the right to really believe in my music and, um, you know, put it out. Like I, I like, um, we're all rooting for you and I've, I'm always yeah. a fan. I, I love you. And I think you are, you are badass, and you you stand for dope shit and you're always fighting for something that's strong and powerful. And I'm, I'm a fan. And I got one last question for you and I'll let you okay. go on your, on your press tour. Uh, what do you want to be remembered by Melissa Etheridge when it's all said uh, done? I want people to, I want, I would love for it, it to just be, you know, I, I created some, art that made the world a better place and maybe by living I, I yeah just made the world a little bit better that would be nice that's beautiful well thanks for being on the show thanks for uh, just doing your part to make people happy and we're all rooting for you out here hey come see me live sometime yeah what's your tour dates what uh, you got any tour dates coming up yeah I'm I'm on tour I'm in where am I Indiana Nashville Indiana. Nashville, <laughs> Indiana. Nashville. <laughs> And it's a, do you still do you still love touring? Oh, I do because I love you know the traveling can be hard, but um, God, just walking out on stage and all the new people seeing you maybe for the only time that they'll ever see you in their life. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. No touring, live music is where it's at. That exchange is what it's all about. Do you see like a different type of energy, like? when people coming out of a pandemic and realizing how important music and how important people need music. I, I see that yeah. in my shows, like people are crying now. Like yeah. it's very emotional right now. Coming yeah. Out it's there. really fun because we do, we do, we need, we need to gather in groups and listen to music. I, I think it's a very healing thing. Yes. Well, thank you for being a, a, another rider of the storm. I appreciate you. All right. Have a great one, Melissa. Thank you so much see for you, being buddy. on the show later, dude. Sure. 
All right, Melissa Etheridge. I just called her dude at the end of the podcast, but that was good. Um, thank you, Melissa. Thanks for giving us advice. Thanks for talking vulnerably. And um, I think we got I think we got a lot on that one. All right, I'll catch you on the tail end with Nikki. Nick, you, you gonna do this pod with me? Now, a message from the UN. That was it. That was good. But let me one last time, just for my. Let's do it now. Let's do it right now. One. Yeah. Two. Hey. Three. Four. I got drunk and I was an asshole to my friends I got drunk again Goddamn Even got into it with my mom Gonna be hearing about this one till she's gone Don't know how I got so fucked up in such a little time Like I was maintaining But we all know that's a lie Why, why, why My, my, my I got drunk Again Why, why, why Thank you. That was a great episode. Melissa, give it up for Melissa Etheridge. Unbelievable. Can't believe she was on the show. This is a special moment. It's Sunday after our Ogden show, and we have, we're going to do a live sport. We're going to do, we're going to put sports with Dolov on an actual closing segment. We got Dolov Cohen in the building. What's up, Dolov? What's up? It's got a weird fucking name. You know what, just to spice it up, we have, I have uh, became really close friends with a woman who, <laughs> I've become really close friends with a woman that is a badass, and she actually is a Mavs fan. We got Phyllis on the show, too. Hey, Phyllis. Phyllis! This is your time. Why do you, th- uh, I'll give you both the stage. Why do you think the Jazz is going to win the championship? Utah Jazz have the best defense. We got the best defensive player. Rudy Gobert gonna block your fucking face. Oh we got God. the best up and coming star, Donovan Mitchell, Spider, go oh, fucking Spider in your face around the fucking back, okay. from the back, from the back, okay. gonna fucking eat your asshole through your fucking well, face. Well, he because I have not seen Tit lately. So okay. sexual. Utah Jazz, 2020, 21, 22, fucking champions. You heard it here, folks. First, folks. Fucking sports with Dolab crossover. With wait, sports you, with Phyllis and her Dallas Mavericks. Why do you think the on, Why do you think the Mavs up. are going to win the championship? I know the Mavs will not win the championship because <laughs> they have fucking Kristaps Porzingis. I have been doing this my whole goddamn life. Do I have to continue? Yeah. I will tell you why. We will not win. Phil, tell me why do you think why Why do you love the Mavs so much? Why do I have to actually? You're from Vermont. Come on, this is your moment. This is your moment. Don't, don't get stage fright. I don't give a fuck about my moment. You know that. Very well how I feel about this. Okay. Okay, remember um, American Beauty? Yeah. The garbage bag, it's blowing in the wind. Yeah. How would you feel if that was your fucking star player? Your next best. <laughs> how would you fucking feel with your yeah. garbage bag 
blew in the wind too hard. He couldn't fucking handle it. Like, how do I have to? Why? Why do I have to consistently deal with this fucking shit? I'm over it. Kristaps sucks. He can't fucking do anything. Little. I would like to. They don't have enough money. <laughs> that is the saddest part. Literally, no one has enough money to handle KP. It's okay. literally too much money. On it's the, garbage okay. blowing in the. All right, wind. well, give us some optimism. Why? Why do you think the Mavs will be good this year? THJ, baby, THJ. It's Tim THJ. Hardaway Jr. Oh, is your guy. I would. Tim Hardaway Jr. You guys have not given me any facts of why your teams are. What good. do you mean? We are the fucking best. We were number one last year. We're gonna be number one again. The this Jazz. Year. We're gonna be more hungry. Yes, the Utah fucking oh. Jazz. This is the Jazz Sports Cast. <laughs> <laughs> Sports with Dolav Jazz. Here we are. Okay. Oh, you want We're facts? fucking number one last year. We're going to be number one again this year. We're going to be more hungry. Fucking, you guys can't stay healthy. You guys have a bunch of old motherfuckers. Yeah, Clippers old. aren't healthy. Little- Denver aren't healthy. Mavs you just, like, don't have Okay, you guys. say they're old, but we are the same age as half that fucking team. Half my Are we going to be healthy? No, Lakers are our age, dog. Lakers. You're calling us yeah, old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In and, fucking and basketball. And Lakers are trash. Lakers so are trash. Okay. So is Westbrook. All right, this, on, is Westbrook. this is over. This is over. Esports with no, Come on. No, 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 no. It's not over. It's not over. Right. It's he not doesn't want to hear. It's not over. We got all the sound bites. Westbrook. Westbrook is fucking old. So is that team. You guys lost all your fucking defense. We got our defense. We added some fucking dudes. This is our fucking year. Yo, the only thing that's sta- standing in our way is the Nets. If fucking Kyrie comes back, but Kyrie ain't coming back. Bucks are legit. Wow. The West ain't standing in our way. We're the fucking Utah going Jazz. to the finals. Utah Jazz 2021. 2021. Western Conference champions. We're going to the finals. We're taking down the Bucks or the Nets. Fuck you, Frasco. Fuck you, Ferris. <laughs> We're taking down everyone. We're taking down the fantasy league, both the fucking Jamban fantasy league and our new fucking league. Phyllis is in the league. We're fucking taking you down. Thank wow. you. Ogden Theater was lit. Bo's the man. Jason's the man. You got a good squad around you. But Utah is fucking taking it. Thank you, everybody. Esports with Dola. What a beautiful closing to Melissa Etheridge. Um, thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you, Phyllis. Thank you, Dolov, for yeah. coming to Denver. Nuggets in four. Nugget. Then we got Bo saying Nuggets no, in four. No, no, no. Right, we're tripping. done here. They're we're tripping. done. We're They're done tripping. here. Goodbye. Goodbye. They tripping. We love you. We'll see you next week. We're done. Goodbye. Goodbye. You tuned in to the World's Heavy Podcast with Andy Fresco, now in its fourth season. Thank you for listening to this episode. Produced by Andy Fresco, Joe Angelo, and Chris Lawrence. We need you to help us save the world and spread the word. Please subscribe, rate the show, give us those crazy stars. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're picking this shit up. Follow us on Instagram at World Saving Podcast for more info and updates. Fresco's blogs and tour dates you find at andyfresco.com. And check our socials to see what's up next. Might be a video dance party, a showcase concert, that crazy shit show, or whatever springs to Andy's wicked brain. And after a year of keeping clean and playing safe, the band is back on tour. We thank our brand new talent booker, Mara Davis. We thank this week's guest, our co-host, and all the fringy frenzies that help make this show great. Thank you all. And thank you for listening. Be your best, be safe, and we will be back next week.
No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast as far as we know. Any similarity to actual knowledge facts or fake is purely coincidental.